Welcome to the Zinoff podcast series on hyperintelligent automation, or HIA. HIA is a technology born from the confluence of AI and RPA that has evolved from being a conventional automation tool to a strategic enterprise game changer. In this series, we bring to you our conversations with leading automation gurus and industry mavericks on how they are defining new possibilities and business outcomes through automation. Automation has become the mainstay of enterprise technology journeys today. And it really peaked during the pandemic period to epic proportions. And within automation, process intelligence as we know it today is one of the most exciting segments in the broader automation space. It has emerged as a critical capability that leading automation platforms are acquiring for. And it's also a very exciting space from an investment standpoint, both from the enterprise side as well as both VCs and private equities going ahead and making uh, a bet with their money. However, our analysis has revealed that only 25% of global enterprises are leveraging tools-based process intelligence platforms today. And majority of those enterprises continue to rely on manual crowdsourcing techniques for discovery. How can enterprises leverage process intelligence to supercharge their automation journeys? What kind of efficiencies can process intelligence bring in? And how has the broader process intelligence landscape evolved? Hello and welcome to the all-new episode of Zinov Podcast Hyperintelligent Automation Series. And I am Pranko Sharma, Principal Automation AI at Zinov. To discuss the nuances of process intelligence in depth, I have with me Stephen, VP Power Automate at Microsoft, who is joining us for the second time on our HIA series. Welcome, Stephen. It's a pleasure to have you back on the show. Great. Happy to be back myself. Great. So let's just uh, dive right in. We've seen Microsoft has been making giant strides in the automation space in the last few years. What have been the major product announcements uh, from the last 12 months? It'll be great to uh, get something said from, from your side. Yeah, absolutely. So there have been a few big things that we've been working on. With the way that we think about automation is we think about Power Automate as an intelligent automation platform that brings together a bunch of different automation technologies under a single product. So one of those technologies is, of course, RPA, desktop automation on people's PCs. And in the RPA space, one of the big things that we've done recently is we have made a new offering available where Microsoft will manage and host the virtual machines that actually run those RPA bots on behalf of the customers. And the reason we did this is because we've heard from a lot of customers that the cost and the energy and the effort to maintain and run the VMs that run those RPA bots is very high. And, you know, especially, you know, over the past, you know, couple quarters with, you know, potential economic impacts and the macroeconomic conditions, a lot of organizations are looking at ways to save money. So by having Microsoft host the infrastructure, RPA infrastructure on behalf of the customer, this is a great way for organizations to save money uh, by not having to, you know, spin up a bunch of VMs and have a bunch of extra costs. So I'd say that's one area that we've been looking at. Uh, another one is in the cloud automation space, you know, with digital process automation. And here we've added, you know, dozens of connectors uh, every single month. We now have over 800 connectors that you can connect to uh, with Power Automate. Uh, we've added new capabilities like the ability to have custom code as a part of your connector. So you can actually write C-sharp code and now deploy that as a connector for the cloud automation that you're running in, in a really scalable and resilient way. Um, 
Another part of this intelligent automation platform is, of course, intelligence, right? So we've been continuing to add and invest in new uh, AI models as a part of AI Builder, um, new things like uh, the ability to process paper documents that are unstructured, you know, things like freeform documents and documents that have content that's handwritten. So that way you can parse that in and build workflows on top of that. And then the final area that we're focused on is, of course, process mining. You talked about that you know, just a, a couple minutes ago, but the big thing we did is back in March, we acquired a company called Mineit, uh, and I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, in our conversation today. So, you know, those are, you know, the big areas that we say as part of our intelligent automation platform. And the one other thing I'll throw out there is across all of these, we think that governance and management are really, really important too. Um, so we've done a lot of things to bring more governance capabilities and management capabilities into the platform. Things like uh, managed environments is one big thing that we've released recently that create a whole bunch of new management capabilities for controlling you know, who can do what inside of environments as they're deploying RPA and you know, cloud automation in their organization. Great, I think a lot, a lot uh, going on for you, Stephen, I think it looks like. Uh, yeah, but I, I'll just pick on the, on the last point uh, on the whole intelligence process mining uh, space. Mm -hmm. And uh, you recently acquired Minute, of course, and you even in, uh, in fact had earlier in, uh, invested into uh, Fortress IQ, which is another uh, significant uh, player in the category. Uh, mm -hmm. Tell us more about the process intelligence space. How do you think uh, uh, that confluence with intelligent automation is coming along? Uh, in, in, in the broader sense as well as specifically for you at Microsoft? Yeah, so I think about you know, the automation journey as a bit of a, a cycle, right? So at the beginning of your cycle, you need to be able to understand what are the challenges that people in the organization are facing. And today, a lot of that is very ad hoc. You know, somebody gets frustrated doing the same boring, repetitive thing over and over. And so they go to you know, the internet, they see if they can find a tool that can help them out, and then they kind of stumble into automation. They stumble into RPA or, or cloud automation. But what's really valuable about process mining and task mining is that can help organizations to identify the parts of processes that are taking a lot of time, but that don't require a lot of strategic thinking, don't require a lot of manual input, that are really those those rote, repetitive, manual tasks. So Power, uh, Power Automate's process advisor is the capability that we had even prior to uh, acquiring Minet. Uh, and that has capabilities that will actually recommend where in a manual process, uh, you potentially want to automate something. So I'd say it starts at the beginning of the cycle. And then once you've identified what to automate, you of course build that automation and you can use Power Automate to do that. But the other thing that I think is really interesting is it kind of brings you back to the beginning because you can then use process mining to analyze the process after you've automated it. Because after you've automated it, you wanna understand what is the potential ROI? You know, How much better have I made the process? Are there still ways that I can improve the process? Right? So that's something that you can then use process mining for again and you know, start that cycle over again. Um, so that's kind of the way that I think about it. And the capabilities that Fortress IQ brought to the table as well as what Minet brings to the table, I think are you know, important building blocks in addition to what you know, we as Microsoft have been developing for a while with Process Advisor. Got it, got it. 
and i think uh, we are you know we're looking at process intelligence as having these three components called deep process mining task mining and process mapping right and uh, from what we understand minute is primarily focusing on process mining so are you looking at augmenting this uh, further with uh, task mining capabilities uh, in the future as well yeah so what we have today inside of power automate is uh, a task mining tool that's actually based on the same recorder that we use for Power Automate's desktop capabilities in RPA. Um, so our focus uh, on task mining is to continue to enhance and to develop uh, that tool that we have built right into the product, leveraging that same recorder. And the nice thing about using that same recorder is, you know, many people may not know this, but Power Automate is actually part of Windows 11. So everybody that has Windows 11 in fact, already has that recorder uh, available to them if they so choose. Uh, so it's very broadly available. So we think that the task mining capabilities that we've developed in-house uh, by leveraging uh, that recorder from Power Automate uh, will really help people for those specific tasks when they're looking at a specific thing. How do I you know, take these 10 steps and understand what's going on for myself or for my colleagues that are doing that same thing? Um, and we think that's a really good complement to the capabilities that come uh, from MineIt in the process mining space, which is much broader about a process that involves multiple roles and multiple systems inside of the organization. Understood. And our analysis has revealed that today, like most of the companies are really at the fence of actually adopting process intelligence. In fact, uh, in our assessment, less than one third of the companies that have started with intelligent automation are today using process intelligence technologies, right? Uh, based on, on your uh, understanding of, of the uh, uh, interactions uh, with customers, what are the key reasons that uh, you have observed for this? And you see this changing in the next uh, 12 to 24 months. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. One of the big challenges that customers have in adopting process mining is getting the data into whatever process mining tool that they have. Um, and this is because the data is often in many, many different systems, and it's not necessarily in formats or layouts or configurations that make it easy to, to directly port it into the process mining tool that they have. Uh, there's also you know, just basic things around permissions that sometimes can be challenging to get, to get access to the data that your organization has. So we think that the data access and the data manipulation are one of those initial building or initial roadblocks uh, that prevent organizations from getting a lot of value out of process mining. And the, the, the unfortunate thing is you can't really get a whole lot of value out of process mining until you've already imported the data. So it, it has this unfortunate characteristic of a very high initial investment is required before an organization can, can realize the ROI of understanding what their processes are, are doing. And I think that this is an area that you know we've certainly been looking at as Microsoft as well. And the good news is we have a really robust ecosystem of connectivity. We have hundreds of different connectors that can pull data from a variety of different sources, as well as we have a technology called Power Query that makes it very easy for anybody to transform data, to get it in the appropriate format that a process mining tool may, may need to leverage. Uh, so these factors together, we think, 
can help organizations get to that value more quickly. Uh, but you're right. I talk to a lot of customers that say, you know, they have another process mining tool, but they just haven't gotten to that value yet because it's taken them six months, say, to, to get the data into a place where it can actually be picked up by the tool and, and started to be analyzed. Right. And I think for, for these customers specifically, right, uh, and audience who are listening to this uh, podcast show, uh, you spoke about ROI as being uh, like post-automation ROI is one of the benefits that enterprises can get a, get in, uh, get a, a very uh, good uh, view on. Uh, so what, what other benefits can, uh, do you uh, believe process intelligence can drive for companies who are looking to, uh, to deploy this technology at their company? Yeah, there's a, there's a few different ones. Uh, one is optimization. So even ignore for a moment understanding how much the process costs. Oftentimes there are just unnecessary steps that don't even need to be there. It's not you don't want to automate those steps. You want to delete those steps entirely from the process. And in many cases, organizations find it's those unnecessary steps that actually take the most amount of time. Right, And until you have process mining as a tool, you don't have that process map. So you may not even understand across the organization what all those stages in the process are. So simply just doing basic optimization, I would say, is, is a big area. Uh, another area that's really interesting is compliance. Right, So making sure that everybody who goes through that process is actually following the required steps. This is a kind of the inverse of optimization is maybe there are essential steps that sometimes are being skipped. And very rarely is this an intentional thing. It's usually uh, an accidental thing where people are not necessarily uh, doing the, the, the thing because they didn't have good documentation or they forgot or you know they didn't realize the importance of that. So the process compliance and optimization, um, I think go, go hand in hand in many ways. Uh, you know, another place where it can be useful is in benchmarking, right? So looking at best practices, looking at where people are doing that process best, and then comparing how you're doing it uh, on, you know, one portion of the team or one part of the organization. Uh, and then, of course, it does roll up, I think, to ROI because the ROI is super uh, important as well to understand, you know, what the cost of that process is and how you're going to improve it. Got it. No, I think it definitely makes sense. Uh, and uh, I think most, uh, how would you think of uh, companies as, it, as they go about their process intelligence journey, right? Is it more like a one-time activity that, okay, you implement the, uh, the tool, uh, you get, uh, get benefits out of it, you understand the process, optimize it, or is it more of a of an ongoing activity, uh, more, uh, taking a more continuous improvement kind of approach. Uh, how, how do you, uh, uh, what do you suggest your customers to uh, do as they go about their process intelligence deployment? Yeah, that's that's a bit of an easy question. I would say it's definitely a continuous thing uh, to get the most value out of it. Now, of course, if you do it once, you're going to get value. Right? So I'm not going to say don't find a place, do it once, and then move on if, you, if that's all you can do. But where you get the most value out of process mining and you know, this whole area is by continuous improvement. And it goes back to what I was talking about earlier, where we see automation as a cycle 
where automation could be on one end of that cycle and the process optimization could be on the other end. And that just keeps going and going and going because you'll find more and more places where you could potentially automate and improve that process. You run that intelligence again, see where those next challenges could be, see how you could further optimize and you just keep going and going. So we definitely see it in the most successful uh, organizations as being a continuous thing. And it's a continuous thing that isn't even just continuously looking at a single process, but is growing and seeing what other processes, what other areas in the organization have that potential for optimization. Once you've looked at one thing, you know, maybe you've optimized a specific process as much as you can, but there's always adjacencies. There's always related processes, inputs to that process, outputs from that process. So by looking at all of these things together, you can really transform the way that an organization works, uh, but you're not gonna get the most value if you just do it once. Uh, it's not a one-time operation, ideally. Got it, got it. And uh, I think one of the other benefits that probably we didn't touch upon earlier is also around sustainability. At least there's a lot of chatter around it. I don't know how much of it is actually uh, coming to fruition. Uh, but yeah, the whole focus from a larger enterprise uh, uh, objective standpoint is to, of course, become more sustainable uh, due to various factors. And process intelligence solutions at least seem to be uh, helping them further the cause, right? So, uh, what what are your thoughts on this? Is this actually something that uh, that is uh, how true is this? And uh, are you seeing customers who are using it uh, from a sustainability standpoint as well? It, it's something that we're seeing more and more of as you know organizations become cognizant of their impact that they're you know having. I think that. The way that we see it kind of most interestingly is in the context of supply chain, uh, you know, understanding throughout the supply chain, the, the total carbon footprint, those types of things. Uh, that's something where, you know, we are seeing some some interest uh, by organizations and supply chain just generally is a very interesting uh, place for process mining because you know, you've seen even over the past couple of years with COVID, there's been a lot of supply chain challenges. So understanding where those bottlenecks are and you know, where your carbon footprint is as a part of your supply chain is something that uh, organizations are very interested in. So it's definitely something we're seeing more and more of over time. Uh, I don't think it's you know, gotten to the place where organizations are doing it enough. Uh, I'm sure organizations uh, should do it even more going forward. Got it. And you spoke about supply chain now, and I think just picking up from one of the earlier responses, uh, you spoke about compliance being one of the factors in terms of driving adoption, right? Are there certain industries uh, due to these, uh, uh, I think, uh, certain uh, yeah driving factors, are you seeing more traction for certain industries or customer segment uh, mm -hmm. from a process intelligence adoption uh, perspective? Yeah, so... I'll, I'll just speak to the experience we've seen. I think supply chain, finance, as well as IT processes are probably the three biggest areas where we've observed it. Um, you know, not to say that process mining is limited to those specific areas. You know, there's lots of cases in, in you know, customer service and, you know, sales processes. There's all types of different processes that are out there, but generally it's going to be operations where we find the highest potential as well as the, the, largest gap in understanding of what's going on. Uh, usually for things like service or 
uh, you know, customer support, those things have a little more modern systems, but for operations, there can be, you know, a lot of older systems, a lot of systems that are difficult to get that visibility into. So that's where we've seen the, the biggest need, as well as in the, the IT space, because with IT, there's lots and lots of processes that touch on many different systems. Uh, so understanding how those things fit together has been important for organizations. Got it, got it. And uh, what advice, I think, uh, as we are coming to the end of our conversation, what advice would you give uh, to our audience, uh, to companies who are looking to uh, to deploy process intelligence? They're somewhere on the fence and uh, maybe they want to get started. So uh, how would you, uh, what would be your recommendation in terms of uh, how they yeah. should get started and, and some of the best practices around it? So if you haven't done much yet, I would say, don't try to bite off a huge, massive project, right? Start relatively small. And it's because of some of those challenges that I talked about earlier, you know, getting all of the data into a single place, you know, the permissions and the, you know, the checklist you have to go through there, that can be challenging. So instead of trying to, you know, do the entire supply chain for your organization, start with a specific part of that pipeline that, you know, you know, you have access to that there's potential for optimization in start small and even with a small process you can still immediately realize value and that'll give you a sense of how it works of you know what the building blocks are how to get value out of it and then you can always expand over time right you don't need to boil the ocean on day one um, so that that's my general advice is start small start with something you have access to uh, figure out and get that ROI quickly right if you start small you can get the ROI quickly but then build from it don't stop keep that flywheel going of optimizing 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 over time Got it. So get get some of those quick wins and then I think scale from there. Exactly. Perfect. Perfect. I think this has been a wonderful conversation, Stephen. I'm sure that I think our audience will find a lot of value and, and uh, learning from uh, from this conversation. And we really discussed, uh, I think, uh, and broke down this process intelligence space, uh, right, from understanding some of the key benefits, uh, what are some of the challenges or uh, more of apprehensions that some of the companies have, which may or may not be uh, truly uh, rightly placed uh, as, and, and are just concerns uh, which can be easily addressed. Uh, how should companies get started on this journey? And then what are some of the truly uh, magnificent benefits that they can derive out of it? Right? Uh, so thank you so much for taking out the time, uh, Stephen. And, and it, it was wonderful to have you back on the show. Thanks so much. I'm happy to be back again, and I will look forward to our next conversation. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, I hope this conversation helped you gain new insights and perspective on the process intelligence space. We'll be back again soon with another conversation with another automation virtuoso. Until then, take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Zinoff Podcast's Hyperintelligent Automation Series. We hope that you enjoyed and learned from the who's who of the global automation ecosystem. You can listen to our other series filled with similar rich perspectives on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts from. Subscribe to our newsletter on our website, www.zinoff.com, and follow us on LinkedIn to stay up to date on our latest content.